Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean skincare and of course your guide to K-beauty. Now, I did mention on our first episode this week that I wanted to do something maybe a little bit controversial today, and that is because I want to run through some of the cult K-beauty products that everyone seems to love, that people seem to rave about. If you go online, they've got glowing reviews. If you have a look through your Instagram or your TikTok feed, people are just raving about them, asking where they can get them, uh, you know, sharing tips and whatnot, but they did not work for my skin. That is what I wanted to talk to you about today. Uh, And if you have been listening to the show for a while, you might know that this is not something I usually do. Normally, I try and keep it to you know the products that I think will help certain people products that work really well for certain skin types it's not really a place where I dump all of my uh, grievances about particular brands about particular products and things like that but I think it is still something that's worth talking about. I think you might find this a little bit interesting. It also may surprise you to hear that the majority of products that I try, I use once or maybe patch test and then I don't use them again. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm not trying to be a wasteful person, but I do get a lot of products uh, come across my desk. I also live here in Korea. Uh, You know, we get, uh, we work with a lot of different brands. So I get to try a lot of different stuff at expos, obviously at offline stores, you can go in and try some things out at events. There's opportunity to test a lot of products. We also receive a lot of products uh, for filming purposes. Uh, So we've got a whole bunch of products that are always in our office just because we're using them for social media uh, to show the textures, to show how to use them, all of that kind of thing. Uh, So there are a lot of products that I have access to, but not a lot of them actually make it into my routine, a very, very small minority. And there are a lot of different reasons for that. Uh, First off, and I've spoken about this on the show many times, I have really, really sensitive, reactive skin, and it responds poorly to a lot of different products. I have really dry skin as well, and using the wrong products on my skin can cause a lot of problems for me. It can cause me to get even drier at the moment because we're also still wearing the COVID face masks. I get dermatitis so easily. Seemingly at the drop of a hat. I have had really bad problems on my lips for a while because of that. I get patches of dermatitis on my face. I'm also acne prone. Uh, I've spoken about that numerous times. I've had acne pretty much since I was old enough to get acne when I was in my very early teens on and off over the years. I usually at least once or twice a week, you'll see me wearing a pimple patch because I just do. I get lots of little spots pop up here and there. So I need to be really careful about the products that I use because I don't want to make any of these issues worse, particularly my dermatitis. Uh, And going into the cooler months of the year over here as well, I don't want to do anything to make my dry skin drier uh, because it hurts. It really hurts when it gets cracked, flaky, chapped, 
it can really hurt. So I need to do everything in my power to make sure my face stays soft, supple, uh, and that I don't get any discomfort. So that means that I will often patch test or briefly try a lot of products, but they rarely end up making it into my routine. Now, don't worry, those products definitely do not go to waste. Uh, We have a lot of other people that don't have the same problems that I have with my skin who usually end up getting the products. Otherwise, we film with them. We've got a whole bunch of products. So these are not going in the trash. They're not going in the bin. Uh, I'm not, uh, I I just don't want to alarm anyone. And they're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's saying that she literally tests them and never tries them again. They go to very, very good homes. Uh, And that's the other reason I wanted to have a chat through some of this is because the products that I'm going to talk about on this episode, I don't want to just rag them out for the sake of it, but It's more to show you that different products work for different people. Uh, And I think that's great. If you love one of the products on this list, I definitely don't want you to be like, how dare she? How dare she say that that's not a good product? That's not really what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there are a lot of reasons why a product becomes a cult product in the first place. And I want to have a chat about that. And also that just because something works for someone or even a lot of someone's doesn't mean that it will work for you. And it also doesn't mean that it is necessarily the best product ever. So there's a whole lot of reasons why a product becomes popular in the first place. One of those sometimes can be because it genuinely is brilliant. It's really great. It works for a whole lot of people. Uh, You know, it is groundbreaking. Maybe the company, the brand is doing something that hasn't been done before. They've come up with a new technology or a new way of doing things that has got people really excited. But more often than not, it has far more to do with the marketing budget of the company behind it uh, and the size of the company promoting the products. So if you are familiar with K-Beauty or you've been listening to this show for a little while, you will probably click that a lot of the products that make it onto my list are products that just didn't work for me. They are actually products that are owned by the same company at the end of the day. Different brands, but they're owned by conglomerates. And that shouldn't be surprising because conglomerates have giant marketing budgets. It means they have enough money to open offices in other countries. They have enough money to open stores in other countries outside of Korea. They have money to pay PR teams, to pay marketing teams, to do huge send-outs to a whole bunch of influencers. Uh, They collaborate with really big influencers. They do beauty boxes in collaboration with those influencers. And all of that is done to stay in the headlines. And in the beauty industry, unfortunately, that is often the thing that will propel a product to the top of the lists, the bestsellers lists, the must-try lists, the cult K beauty lists. It will have very little to do with formula, ingredients, or anything else about that product being inherently better than everything else on the market. It is just marketing, pure and simple. So that's not to say that like they are marketing you a dud product. 
That's not what I mean. What I mean is the more people are talking about it, the more people are showing it, uh, trying it, putting it on reels, putting it on TikToks, the more you see it. If you go out and then see that product on a store, on a website or offline, you're like, I know that product. Uh, And that recognition makes people more likely to buy a product. So then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because more and more people are talking about the same product and then they get more reviews and then that becomes the best product that people associate with K-Beauty maybe, with that brand. Uh, That's kind of how it all works. So all of that is basically just to say that this probably shouldn't come as a surprise. Some of these ones that are on my list of stuff that I was just like, meh, or it didn't work for me. The reason that they are on the list of so many people is going to be because they've heard of the product before. If you haven't even heard of it, then you're obviously not going to try it. Well, some people will. It's because some people are super curious and they want to try niche products or indie products, you know, that are from smaller brands. But for the vast majority of people, they hear about a product from a friend, from an influencer, from whoever, and they go, okay, I've heard of it. I'll give it a shot. Uh, And those kind of products tend to be easier to buy as well because the companies have huge budgets. They can get it into the stores, the offline stores. They can get it into the big retailers that you are more likely to walk into and then pick it up on the shelf. That's how this whole game pretty much works. So keep that in mind, keep it with a grain of salt. Try not to let rage build inside you if you hear me say that one of your absolute favorite Korean beauty products of all time is not one of my favorites. It is totally fine to have a different opinion to me. It is not me telling you to go and throw this in the bin or to, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know, set fire to it. Do not do that. If one of these is your absolute favorite product, by all means, please continue using it. I would not like to be that person, but it's just to offer a different opinion, I guess, and particularly the opinion of someone that has tried thousands upon thousands of Korean beauty products over the years, uh, and probably a lot of the ones that you will really love as well. I've tried them too. So the first one on my list is probably the most controversial, and that is the COSRX Snail Mucin Essence. This is one of the most talked about K-beauty products of all time. And unfortunately for me, it is not a product I have been able to use. Uh, Style Story was, I think, the fir- one of the first retailers in Australia that started stocking COSRX when it was a brand new brand uh, and looked very, very different to what it looks like now. But this was one of the products in their original lineup and it was popular from the very beginning. And I have tried nearly all COSRX's products and this is one that unfortunately I was not able to use. I had a bad reaction to it many years ago. It caused me to break out uh, and I just couldn't use it in my routine. So this is a product that gets a lot of love uh, and you know, I, you won't hear me tell people not to use it, but just myself, I personally can't. Now, I had another issue, as a very similar issue with another really popular Japanese product, the Harder Labo Premium Lotion. That was a product that I had happily gone through several 
several bottles of, and then all of a sudden, I don't know whether it was a formula update or whatnot, but I wasn't able to use that product anymore. Same thing, it caused really bad whiteheads and caused me to break out whenever I was using it. And those two products are often recommended interchangeably by a lot of people and they're products that I personally can't use. So that one you might find a little bit surprising because a lot of people do absolutely love it. And I'm always happy when I hear that people really love it. That's so good. It did not work for me, unfortunately. The other one that people absolutely love is Iliune's Atto Ceramide Moisture Cream. And particularly the latest reformulation that they did on that really did not agree with my skin. Uh, And I was quite sad about that. I got red bumps pretty much immediately after applying the upgraded formulation. And it's just now not a product that I am able to use. And that really bummed me out because it was one of the products that I was using in my routine on at times when I got dermatitis, uh, particularly last year before they uh, updated it. Uh, And that's another reason why uh, really popular products, sometimes you might try them and be like, is this the same product that everyone else is raving about? Because I don't get it. Sometimes it's actually not. Sometimes they have made tweaks to the formula that makes it really not the same product as it used to be. Uh, And I've seen this happen with a lot of really big products. Uh, And, you know, sometimes the feedback will be, why change it? Why why fix it if it ain't broke? Uh, and, you know, the companies have a lot of different reasons. Maybe they changed manufacturers. Maybe they couldn't get the raw ingredients. Maybe they couldn't get them at scale, at the scale that they needed to keep rolling out all the products. Whatever the reason is, this one, unfortunately, I had to break up with when they recently upgraded the formula. And I was very sad about that too. Another one that often you will see on the bestsellers list is the Innisfree Green Tea Seed Serum. And the reason that this was not a fit for me is because that it just was not hydrating enough. Uh, the company says that it is a good fit for dry skin, but I personally don't agree with that. I don't think it's a good fit for dry or mature skin. And I always make a point of people of telling people that too. I think that this is a better serum for people that have oily skin. My husband, is a massive fan of Innisfree, always has been. He loves a whole bunch of their products and we just cannot share the products that he has in his routine. So that's why he will often get the offshoots of mine because he has an oilier skin type, a much hardier skin type that's not as prone to breaking out. But he loves a whole bunch of Innisfree products. And I think what it comes down to is the differences in our skin types, honestly. Uh, Like a lot of the products, his sunscreen that he uses is Innisfree. I tried it, broke me out all over. I've got a picture on my stories from last year of when I ran out of my sunscreen, swiped his, and then immediately lived to regret it. Uh, So that again, you know, it just comes down to the difference in different skin types. Some things work better for people with a particular skin type and some things don't. Another brand that I just had to give up on entirely was I'm From. So I tried out their honey mask. I tried out the mugwort mask. I tried out some of their other stuff. And I just realized after a couple of different products that this was not the brand for me. The scents of everything, the textures, uh, it just was not a fit for me. Um, You guys will probably know my feelings uh, on the honey mask already. That is just a product I do not understand. I get that it is a lot of people's holy grail, a favorite product of theirs. Uh, But for me personally, I just 
could I could not I've tried so many different ways I've given it chances over the years you know thinking to myself maybe I'm the problem you know maybe I just need to try it again and I just can't get it to work so that is just a brand that I'm like you know what I get it people talk about it a lot it is not the brand for me and sometimes you will have that with different brands there will be a brand on social uh, that everybody just loves and you're like I do not understand and that is me with I'm from I just don't get it I don't get it I don't the formulas do not work for me Uh, I could go on about all the things that I don't like about it but it is just not the brand for me and whenever they release something I'm just like cool skip that is not going to work for me at all another product that was a little bit of a shock to me was Blythe's pressed serum so I absolutely loved one of the pressed serums and then I went out and bought the other ones in the line and one in particular the gold apricot one made me break out like nothing on earth Uh, it was almost an instantaneous reaction it was just bad news and that really disappointed me because I wanted to love that so much I love everything about that the, the concept of a pressed serum I loved the original formulation that they made but after that I was just like oh I'm really really sad about this but it just did not work for me at all uh, and you know this is if you are a breakout prone person you'll know that feeling where you're just like why please I want to like the things that everyone else likes but I just couldn't uh, so that was one for me that just just did not work. Another product that seemingly everybody loves, it's a really well-selling product on our website on Style Story, is Hamish's All Clean Balm. Uh, and I'm so happy when people tell me that they love it. I could not make it work for me. It made my eyes cloudy every time I tried to cleanse with it. I know a lot of people don't have that problem with it, but that happened with me. The other thing that I personally didn't enjoy about it, uh, and this is a totally personal thing, right, is the scent. Some people really enjoy that herby smell of products. Uh, And for me, I just, I didn't. And the combination of the cloudy eyes that I got anytime I tried to remove eye makeup and the scent just made the experience not a pleasant one for me. And so I just couldn't continue with the product. Uh, And that's just another example of sometimes it'll just be one thing that just make or break a product for you. And it's annoying and it's sad, but it's like, it is what it is. Uh, So that was another one that everyone seems to love uh, and is a bestseller for sure, but I just couldn't make it work for me. Huxley is another brand that I just had to break up with because the signature scent was one that I did not enjoy. And I always think this about signature scents. There are so many positives to it because people can have a positive brand association. If you smell the scent of, uh, you know, a product that has a signature scent across their line, you know immediately what it is. And that can be a really powerful thing for people to attract them to the brand. They can smell it on other people. But the problem with it is, if you don't like the signature scent, you really can't use anything else from the brand. Uh, And that was the case for me. I just, it wasn't a scent that I was a fan of. I found it really overpowering in the products. Uh, And so after a couple of products, I was just like, I can see now that this is going to be an ongoing thing for me. So that this is just not the brand for me. Uh, So that was a sad one as well, because a lot of people rave about their products too. Uh, 
another brand that gets a lot of love that I, and again, for a different scent reason, was the Sioris Cleansing Milk. And I've spoken about this product on the podcast before. So this is a product that you will see recommended very often for people with sensitive skin, and they don't have any fragrances in the product to mask the natural smell of the raw ingredients. And unfortunately for me, the natural smell of the raw ingredients were It smelled almost putrid in a way. To me, it smelled almost like off milk. Uh, And it was just something that I could not shake the entire time I was using the product. I had no problems with the actual product itself. It didn't cause me to break out or anything. But the raw smell of the ingredients was so overpowering that I just knew that I wouldn't be able to keep using it. Uh, And I think that's the thing, you know, scent, fragrance, all of these things, so, so personal. And a lot of people have very strong feelings feelings either way about whether a product should be fragranced or not. Uh, And, you know, that is probably a topic for another day. I think fragrance is not a useless ingredient in skincare. I think it's actually a very important part of the experience for a lot of people. A lot of lay people will tell you, people that are not super obsessed, that they look forward to using something if it smells nice, that it enhances the experience of using the product for them, that it soothes them, it calms them down, it, you know, preps them to get ready for bed. They feel... "Mm, I feel very relaxed with it. And a lot of people will tell you fragrance is the devil. You should, it never belongs in a skincare formula. You know, you, you use it at your own peril. It causes all of these problems. But the issue that I think this product really clarified in my mind is that if the product, because the raw ingredients smell as they do, is so off-putting that you don't want to use it, the danger is that you don't then do that step of your skincare because it, it, you, you know not dread it I guess that's probably putting it a little bit highly but it's just not a pleasant experience it just becomes a chore then and there are some people that don't take enjoyment or pleasure out of skincare or using products but I'm not one of those people I enjoy doing my routine I love breaking the day uh, and taking my the day off my face that is the thing that my skincare does for me if I've had a really rough day or a busy day or you know just been doing a million different things that is my time for me to take the makeup off to take the sunscreen off and just get into night mode get into home mode family mode to be around the people I love and that is like the thing that I do in between so having a product like a cleanser that's really off-putting in terms of the scent that I don't enjoy using starts my routine off in the wrong way for me Uh, so that's uh, another one that a lot of people will tell you they absolutely love and just didn't work for me for that reason. Uh, Now other products that I just thought "Mm, okay fine (laughs) okay but what's the big deal one brand is Dear Claire's I just as a whole I could not get hyped about that brand there was absolutely nothing wrong with the products I tried just to be clear I thought it was all fine but that was kind of it I was just like "Mm mm-hmm okay yep Yep. Okay, cool. And that is a brand that gets so much attention. It is a brand with a very, very large marketing budget. Uh, And for me, I just kind of noped over the whole brand. I just thought, "Mm, I get it. I, I get it, but I'm not excited about it. The last product on my list, this one actually might really surprise people. And that is Laneige's Cream Skin Refiner. 
Now, I just want to point out that I don't actually think that there's anything wrong with this product. A lot of people love it. And I think that's really great. For me, there was a couple of things with this product. And you would think that this would be perfect for me because it's made for dry skin. It's made for people with reactive skin. But I honestly just didn't think there was anything super special about it or anything to write home about. And maybe that's because I've used so many different styles of Korean toner over the years. I've tried Takto. I've tried Tapto. I've tried the Seven Skins method. I've tried so many different methods for applying the toners. I've tried so many different styles from cream to watery to exfoliant to hydrate like everything I've tried everything but for me one of the things is I find really watery textured toners a little bit hard to work with and that is because I don't love having to use a cotton round on my face and that's because of how sensitive my skin is sometimes I just want to have the least abrasive and the least uh, friction on my skin as possible if, particularly when it's freaking out if it's got dermatitis or anything like that I just need the lightest touch and using my hands is better and I find that the watery uh, the product is it's just harder to work with so something with a thicker texture for me I find easier to work with because it means I can use it with a cotton round if my skin is cooperating with me but I don't have to and I can use it without a cotton round sometimes you run out of cotton rounds and I just get really frustrated if product is dripping down my arms if product is being wasted so something with a bit of a thicker texture if you're going away and you don't have access to everything you can still apply it that for me is just a totally personal preference but that's just something that works I guess for me whereas other people maybe don't have that maybe they don't have super sensitive skin maybe they've always got a cotton round on hand maybe they're the kind of person that likes using those reusable uh, makeup pads that a lot of people use that I just cannot put anywhere near my skin I think my skin would just would cry it would just start crying if I even tried to put them they're just too rough for me but the point of this episode and I you know I please accept my apologies if one of your favorite products is on this list then i'm sorry i don't mean to alarm you i don't mean to upset you please do not break up with your favorite product just because i said that i don't like it or it didn't work for me for one reason or another i don't want you to do that all i wanted to point out was that you don't actually need to like the same products that everyone else likes and you don't even need to try them all I think the most important thing is listening to your skin and what it's telling you. And that is in terms of everything. If trending ingredients don't work for you, then don't use them. If your skin is telling you that less will work, more for your skin less is better then stick with that if your skin tells you i don't like particular you know ways of applying a product if your nose is telling you i don't like using that product you don't need to you don't have to Uh, and it's so personal at the end of the day what works for one person might not work for you but even what works for you one week might not 
work for you the next week. So I think it's important to just have that ongoing sort of dialogue as well as you're using products, as you're purchasing, you're thinking about them, you're consuming them. Where does this fit into my routine? Do I need it? Does this sound like other products that I like or am I just buying this because everyone's using it? The other product, I, uh, the other problem I see sometimes with people just jumping on top of a trend and getting something because it's trending is that oftentimes they won't have done their homework and they won't have necessarily looked at what it is that the product is trying to do. And then when they get the product, they're like, oh, this doesn't do what I thought it was going to do. And that's because they've just seen a couple of videos of people you know, applying in a certain way, and then it doesn't really work for them. And that can also be a problem with buying products that are not right for your skin's age or your particular concerns. So if you do have a more mature or dry skin and the trending products are for people in their 20s, they're formulated differently for that different skin type. And so often people will say, oh, I was really disappointed that that left my skin feeling a little bit dry or didn't dry to the right color that I like for my skin. I've heard that about other trending products. So just a couple of things to keep in mind to, you know, be a little bit conscious as you're consuming as well. Try and plan out your purchases is something that I always say. That way you'll be less susceptible to the trends. Sometimes trending products are awesome. They're amazing and you get exactly what you thought you were going to get and other times they just don't work for you. That's just the way it goes. That's just the way the cookie crumbles and they are just some that unfortunately didn't work for me. But if I know that they will work for a different skin type or a different person, then I will always recommend that for them. And I think that's the other reason why it's good to have skin friends that have different skin types as well, because you can compare notes. And I do that with a lot of people uh, that I've met online as well. You know, did this product work for you? Yes, no. How often do you use it? How do you get the best results from it? There's always tweaks that you can make to your routine. If you've ended up with a product that you just, for whatever reason, it's not 100% bang on what you thought it would be, sometimes mixing it up a little bit. Maybe it's fine to just use it twice a week, but using it every day doesn't work for you. So always good to have a conversation, always good to see how other people are using products as well. Uh, But I just wanted to share some that you might have found a little bit surprising coming from someone who works in the industry. Uh, And you'll notice that a lot of these products are products that like we sell, like they are very, very popular products. So don't get me wrong. That was not the point of this episode. It was more just to have a little bit of a little bit of an honest chat about some of the reasons why products trend in the first place and some of the reasons why that may not necessarily translate into a product that's perfect for you. So I hope you found this one a little bit interesting. If you did, I would love a rating and a review if you could spare the time. Uh, If you want to have a chat, if you want to fight me, come and find me on Instagram at lauren.kbeauty. Please approach me with love, Uh, (laughs) but I'm always happy to have a chat. If you strongly disagree with any of these, I would love to know why. Uh, I'm going to leave it here today, guys. But until next time, I will see you on Style Story. Bye.